Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm today's host, Coleman Hodges. Joining us today, 400, 800, 1500 Irish record holder, and now the number four performer in the long course meter 1500 freestyle all time, clocking in at 1434.91 at the Swim Open Stockholm uh, just last week. Today, we're sitting down with Dan Whiffen. How's it going, Dan? I'm great. How's everybody doing? Good to have you here. Uh, I'm excited to talk about these swims. Let's start with Stockholm. Uh, heading into this meet, you you traveled with the uh, Loughborough crew that you train with, all the internationals that had already uh, <clears throat> already already qualified for their world championships uh, for their respective home countries. Went heading into this meet, w- were you expecting time drops like this? Um, I was expecting definitely to PB. Um, I mean, some events I was expected to be faster, and some events I was uh, I was expecting that I wasn't going to go that fast in, especially the fifteen hundred. Um, but I think I knew that I was going to be fast. Yeah. What? Give me give me some indication. I mean, what? How did how did you know you were going to be fast? And I think a lot of swimmers can attest to when they know they're going to go best times. But what was what what specifically for you was? was that indicator of okay i'm in a really good place right now oh um so we i well i mean it was just the sets i was like going and set like the times i was going in training certain sessions i was making up sets that were just ridiculous i was like to my coach oh we should try this i've just thought of it like off the top of my head i think it'd be really funny to try and like um i absolutely smashed uh set to do broken swims as well but the week before we go and i was uh hitting like uh best times in them uh i guess because we've done them so many times before we got like a mark each time and then i think just like mentally i just knew that i was going to be quick um so when you make up these sets a can you give me an example of of one that you just made up off the top of your head and then smashed and b uh are is anyone else doing them with you yeah, so I feel bad for some people because I, if I say to Andy, I'll be like, oh, well, the example I said that, oh, Andy, we should do six 500s. Let's just hit them out off like 530. Let's see what we can hold. And um, I I go to, and then everybody else in the distance squad in Loughborough would have to do it as well. <laughs> but I mean, I hardly ever will say that we should try to set normally Andy uh decides but i was just like i really want to try this i think this would be a great set to like try break me on and uh, it was very tough <laughs> six five hundreds that's kind of an interesting i don't know interesting why why that set and what did you end up being able to hold on it um so like i'd say the reason why i wanted to do that set was because uh, 1500 you don't like you want to try to go as long reps as possible but um for like a, a long time so we have 3k set of basically purple which is our training philosophy um i don't know like heart rate zone you'd be in like a 180 170 to 180 um 
And then uh, basically, I just thought it'd be a great idea to do that two fifteen hundreds in a row. Basically, what I was trying to mimic. And then, uh, in terms of times, uh, they were around. Uh, I can't remember. I think they were around like uh, sub five minutes and five minutes around that. I was hitting. It's still so long that's... call. Long call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty stout <laughs> for, yeah. for six of them. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. Right, yeah. Dang. So who else did that set with you? Like, did Felix do this set? No, no. So Felix, me and Felix actually have don't really do the same ses- sets anymore because Felix has gone down to more 200, 400 work and I'm staying at that 1500 work. So it's we slightly tweak the sessions. Like, he won't be doing 500s. He'll probably be doing more like 100s. Uh, pace and stuff like that and uh i'm not sure like my twin uh did the set with me nathan uh but he since he swam irish uh they did it there slightly differently so they got like a descent one to three twice and then hector pardo british open water swimmer also did the set as well so nice okay so at least you're not doing these sets alone which is which is nice um Wow. Okay. So, so you were confident heading into this swim or into this competition. Um, and then you swam the 400 first, you were 344. And then you popped off that 1534. You finished with a 744 in the 800. Um, what, what swim were you most pleased with? Uh, the 1500, uh, I'd rank them go 1500, 400, 800, and the best to worst or best to okay. And and just give me your analysis on those swims. You know why 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 was the fifteen hundred the best for you, and why was the eight hundred the second, and why was the four hundred okay? Uh, so uh, my fifteen hundred was my favorite race because of the time that I produced, I guess, and also just looking at the race video, how smooth I looked in the water, and I'd set myself some goal times going into the meet of. Um, it, the, all the gold times are around what a bronze medal took at the last world championships so I think it was around a 1436 high which medaled at worlds last year so I obviously beat that that was obviously great and um, then the 400 to honest, I had no idea what to expect of the 400 uh, I kind of do it as a fun event uh, because I don't I'm not, I don't really train for it but you kind of have to have a good 4 to have a good 8 and a good 15 Um. But 344 was pretty good, pretty decent. I dropped like two seconds off my best time. And it was my first race of the meet. So it kind of set up nicely. And then um, the 800, um, it was okay. I thought I was going to be a lot faster. I went through my uh, 1500 split in 746. So uh, I think that I know in my head that I should have been at least 740 on that 800. It's, I think it was just uh, towards the end of the four-day meet. And um, I was probably a bit tired and uh, maybe a bit complacent after my uh, 1500 result. Yeah, which which makes sense. Sorry, I, I switched those when I was saying it earlier. Um, the 400 was number two, 800, number three. So um, towards the end of the meet, yeah, can you tell me about the response you got after that 1500? I mean, it was a big swim. You're the number four performer in history behind Sun Yang, Grant Hackett, and Greg Paltrinieri now, um, sorry, Greg's number two, uh, Grant's number three. But what 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 kind of response did you get? Certainly it was a big story for us uh, to tell, but what was it like for you after that swim? 
Yeah, well, I, let's start with it. Um, I mean, it's amazing that we've got an Irish swimmer on those rankings in the top 10 ever. I mean, I did it short course when I broke the European record. And then I, people, I guess, were unsure if I could convert it to long course. But I kind of knew because I'm a better long course swimmer, I think. So um, to do it long course in my first kind of re- my first rested meet of the like the long course season was uh, pretty special. And um, I think, uh, well, I mean, my reaction after the race is, I mean, I keep, I always do like the head and hands. Oh my God, I made the time. Uh that I thought I would never basically that I thought was uh, pretty impossible when I was younger, but I'm making it now. Um, and uh, I think also I think a lot of like uh, swimmers in the event recognised it as that G and um, he's up and coming and he's fast as well, which was a great mark to set down before the World Championships in the summer. And also I think it's also good that I can maybe call myself or uh, a threat for that world record. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're what? Three seconds off? Five seconds? What's the world record? Uh, it's 31 zero, I think. 31 low. So 31 like, zero. Yeah. That's what I thought. You know, okay. So, yeah, you're, uh, you're just under four seconds off, which I would say it's a threat. Absolutely. <laughs> um, in terms of, uh, so you said you rested for this meet. Um, so in terms of goals, you also mentioned that you wanted to go times that would have won bronze medals at world champs last summer, even though you did not go those times at that world champs last summer. I mean, which kind of tells the story of your improvement curve. Um, you did win a medal, silver medal at the Com games later that summer. Um, and then y- you've kind of just been on a roll from there. So heading into these world champs, uh, how how do you keep the momentum rolling? Um, I think it's because I know I'm not done. Um, I mean, so I after I won that Commonwealth silver medal, I was obviously happy to be the first ever able-bodied swimmer to win a medal in swimming at the Commonwealth Games for Northern Ireland. And but I wasn't happy to be honest. I wanted to win the gold medal. Um, and then I think that then built into the start of my season. Uh, going into the short course season, I had a, I wanted to go fast. I didn't really rest for those competitions, and I came out with um, I think I was fourth ever in the eight hundred and break that European record. And now I want to break that world record uh, in the short course season coming. And I think then long course, I was like, well, I need to prove myself again because I'm now I need to put those times down long course. And now I want to prove myself again. I want to break that world record in the world champs and and win the world champs, I guess. Yeah. Uh, can you remind me, did you go to world champs last summer? Uh, yeah, I did. I was in the final for the 800 and I came ninth from the 1500. Okay. So walking away from that, and then obviously you went to the Com games as well, won a silver medal there. How do you feel like that sets you up for this summer, just having had that experience at world champs and meddling at a major international meet? Yeah, so I definitely think that um, I guess I won't have as many nerves going into it, but I, I probably still will be nervous. But I think also I'm trying to race these guys who are making the medals at World Champs as much as possible to try for like get myself familiar racing them and to basically tell myself that I deserve to be there. And then um, I think, I, and also I think that uh, I need the experience of 
of making the final on both the 8 and 15 Atlas World Champs, even if I don't come away with a medal, that making a final on both would be great towards the Olympic cycle next season to then try not only just make those finals in both, but try and progress and win a medal at the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's it's a completely different beast at a World Champs and Olympics, right? Because you do have prelims and finals in both that 800 and 1500 I get, you know, as you said, you were ninth in the 1500, but you made the final in the 800. What do you feel like the key is for a prelim swim of an eight or a 15, knowing the next night you will have to swim another one and ideally you want to be much faster, but you still have to make that top eight in prelims. Yeah. What I was thinking about um, for coming out the world championships is that you need, you, you need to be basically not going 100% in the heats to make it back, if you know what I mean. Uh, so maybe like 98% of your best time would be great to make it back. Um, I think what made it back at World Champs was in last time was like 14.56, something like that. I think it will be faster this time, but uh, that's like a good uh, ten like 20 seconds over my PB now. Uh, to make it back so I mean I could technically go 98% and make it back and then you know in your head that oh I've gone 98% in the heats and I can go 100% in the final and progress and get on the podium I think that's what's uh, basically the challenge that I need to do for myself is to basically knock it all out in the heats um, and, but still make it that's basically it yeah <laughs> does, it, does it kind of blow your mind that uh, your silver medal winning performance at Com Games fourteen fifty one, you're now seventeen seconds faster than that. I mean, like you know, you were saying you need to go ninety eight percent of your best time, and it's like your best time has changed a lot in the last eight months. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy to be honest. Um, seventeen seconds is a huge drop, but I think if you put it in context from me going from fourteen fifty one to then skipping the fourteen forties, skipping the high 1430s and go 1434 I think that kind of makes it like a bit unreal uh that I don't think anybody's ever done that as well like just completely skipped the 1440s which is pretty cool to me I think I saw I was actually reading a swim swim article and it said that this is my third ever sub 15 minute swim and I've gone gone 1434 so I thought it was kind of cool um but yeah I guess it is pretty cool that my PB is so much faster than last year's and that I guess I just hope I keep up progressing it. I mean, <clears throat> do, does the, can you describe how you feel about that 15 minute mark? Because that is just such, such a legendary mark and <clears throat> such a big mark for a distance swimmer. Um, how you feel about that 15 minute mark now versus maybe eight months ago, you know, heading into the calm games when, you hadn't even broken it ever. Uh, yeah. So the fifteen hundred mark is like I would. What I'd say is you can call yourself a great distance swimmer if you break that. Um, I think it get, ranks you top one hundred ever breaking the fifteen minutes. Uh, so that alone is amazing to anybody to break that mark. And I think now that I'm, I guess now looking back at the fifteen minute mark, I. I, I I give it a lot of respect, people who break fifteen minutes. But now going sub fourteen forty, that's like a different ballpark ballpark in itself. And I think that um, I don't even know what equivalent that would be in any other event fourteen sub fourteen forty. But it's 
very, very fast, I guess. Yeah, I'm looking at the top 10. Mac Horton's 10th all-time performer at 1439.5. So I'm not sure how many guys have broken 1440, but it can't be too many more than 10. I think it's 11, I think. Is um it'd be Ryan Cochran who would be eleven, maybe the Canadian on okay. fourteen as well, something like that. Gotcha. So yeah, I mean it's it's pretty pretty small company. Um so in terms of it, it, I mean, now do you think that's a time that if you threw on a suit in practice and did a fifteen hundred for time, it, it like is is sub fifteen minutes what you would shoot for? Yeah, I think so. I mean, every in my slowest in season uh, best was uh, was fifteen oh seven, I think, in the Edinburgh meet, and I I think that I've so I've done th- this. What this was my fourth long course swim of the season, the fifteen hundred. I went fifteen minutes in January, fifteen oh two in February, fifteen oh seven in March, and then fourteen thirty four in April. So, so in a race that long. Is there really that much of difference? Like, how did you pick apart those races, 15 minutes, 1502, 1507? Because obviously it's a difference, but, you know, it's like the difference between holding, I don't, I don't know, 29.9 and like 30.2s, right? Yeah. Um. So I still have the same race plan for all races, but I think the difference between each one of those races that I had in season was not the way I put it together was the people I was racing. Hmm. My fastest, the 15 minutes I went, I was against uh, Misha Romanchuk in Luxembourg. So that alone, he's gonna. he went 14.59. He just touched me out. So I was with him the whole way. And that was more like a cat and mouse game the whole way. So, And then when I went 15.02, I was uh, basically by myself in a time trial swim. Um, but I'd say that we were on a recovery week, so it was still pretty fast. Uh, so I still wasn't, I wasn't in like heavy 80k weeks. I was probably on like a 60k week. So, and then the 1507, I was in deep training, like 80k. I didn't even, I swimming through the meet, training through it. And I was still by myself. So I think the people you race will make you faster, basically. Was this the first time that you had beaten Romanchuk, like when you raced him head to head? In the fifteen hundred, it was the first time I beat him. Yeah. <laughs> what was that like? How how'd that feel? Um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously pretty cool because he's he was the before I was he was the fourth fastest all time performer before I beat him. Um. So, and also he's a massive name in distance swimming. Um. To beat. Um, especially while well, I keep seeing this golden age of distance swimming all over Twitter and um, everybody's mentioning uh, him, Florent Welbrock, Gregorio Paltineri, Bobby Fink, and all these guys are in that 1436 to 1431 range. So it's pretty cool. And to beat one of the, basically the greats ever, you can basically say, um, was uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, just to give... Our listeners, a little bit of context. Uh, Romanchuk won two medals in the 800 and 1500 at the most recent Olympic Games. He's won five world championship medals between short course and long course in the 800 and 1500. And he's won seven European championship medals in the 800 and 1500. So he's a, yeah, 
He's he's a, an exceedingly accomplished distance swimmer. Hails from Ukraine. Um, and yeah, I mean, I remember when I was in Loughborough last year, <clears throat> we were we were talking about those European distance swimmers and how world champs was gonna look that that uh later that summer. And you know, it was it was well Brock, <clears throat> it was Romanchuk, it was Greg. I mean, and and now you are right in those ranks in terms of uh performances and it's it's super cool that you know even head to head it's like now you know that you can beat at least one of them uh because you've done it yeah uh, yeah i guess it is really cool i can basically tell myself now going to that race that they're all beatable basically and i can give it my best shot i mean no kid you know it's like and in terms of your time that you've beaten all of them aside from from greg in that 1500 um yeah. so it's, it's pretty pretty neat um we also put out an article just about the altitude training camp you went to in spain in january which you made a vlog about uh, and can watch it we can link that in the description uh when this podcast comes out um tell me a little bit about that and what you feel like you gain from training at altitude for that extended period of time so i love altitude uh not only is it a great place to train um up in the mountains in siena Valle in spain but um you are basically just focused on swimming there's nothing to do up there um it's basically yeah there's actually nothing uh, i mean i all i do is i will train and i will do my school work in between uh that's what i'll be doing and um I, I know it really works well for me in terms of tests. I, I see massive improvements. Um, and it's um, I think that's why we keep going. And um, also, I just enjoy the training up there because we are doing way more meters than we would do at sea level. Um, I think, I, don't, I can't remember how much. I mean, we got up to 93K or something like that. was my biggest week at altitude, um, which along with the oxygen uh, levels, you know, it's a lot harder to breathe. Uh, basically, you could it it could be like an equivalent of doing 110 at sea level, I guess. Um, so it's yeah, it's just really fun. I like it a lot. I train really hard up there. I um will do weird sessions of like 30 minute time swims. Uh, not fast, but like at like a 104, 105 pace, just to see how long I can hold it. And Andy will just be sitting there with a stopwatch and then blow the whistle at 30 minutes uh so yeah and also yeah I just, it's just kind of fun and we've got a massive group up there so it makes it even better uh to train um tell me <clears throat> i got to meet andy again so i went to loughborough to film you guys just under a year ago and it was a really cool experience it was my first time in the uk obviously my first time at loughborough um i got to meet <clears throat> um the you, you guys as coaches which your coach is andy Got to yep. see how you guys do things. I filmed one of your uh, suit up sets, which was really fun to do. Tell me a little bit about Andy and what what makes you and him a good fit, or what makes him a good fit for you as a coach. Um, that's good. I feel like um, Andy is probably well, definitely the best coach I've ever had. Um, he definitely pushes me, uh, like in ways which I like. If I don't think any other coach could, um. He's just, I don't know, like when I walk on poolside and he's coaching me, I'm always just so motivated to train, especially when he's there. And um, 
I, I don't know what it is, our relationship, but every time I'm doing a hard set and he's taking my times, so I just seem to fly. Um, so I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but basically we are just, I feel like we're way better together and it's, um, it's really working. And um, he's a great coach and technically he's one of the best ever in distance swimming now. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, he was he was great to spend time with when I was there. And it, it's great to see you guys both having success uh, moving forward again, just in the last year. So in yeah. terms of in terms of uh, outside the pool, um, again, you, you've had a vlog for a while. We've talked about it before. What do you feel like you've learned about vlogging in the past few months or six months or so? Um, because that's, you know, a skill of its own that you kind of have to hone and, uh, and master, you know, separately than, than just swimming. Yeah. Well, I've been trying to improve my vlogging, uh, I guess, I guess the more videos I put out, the better they get each time. But, um, I just really enjoy it. I mean, I'm not sure Andy enjoys me bringing out the GoPro mid session, but, uh, I, I mean, I love it. It, I think it like motivates me more to train. Cause I always get so many comments from people all around the world saying, well, now they're saying that they look up to me, which is amazing to feel like I'm somebody's idol, I guess. And, um, the, yeah, I just, I always get such positive feedback. Always people come up to me, um, uh, from even at world champs swim open Stockholm, where I was last week, at Irish open. They're always coming to say, oh, we love your blogs. I'm so happy you're making them because you're giving everybody such an insight into world-level swimming. And, um, yeah, also I just think, like, it promotes me really well as, as well. Like, uh, and also I think it makes me look more approachable, which is great. I never thought about that aspect of it, uh, but that is really cool. Obviously, it does give an inside look into what you do as an athlete, but also who you are as a as a person, as a human being. Um, yeah. But I never thought about the fact that it makes you more approachable, which I really appreciate and I and I really like. Um, I know whenever if I'm at swim meets, occasionally people will approach me and say, "Oh, you're the swim swam guy," and um, I you know I try to be as approachable as possible, but. I never thought about that aspect of, of being on camera, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you've gotten that experience. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And I think um, also people see another side of me. I don't think a lot of people know that I'm a twin and it's kind of, I mean, and now Nathan's doing the same events as me. Um, I guess the vlog is kind of showcasing us interacting with each other. And um, I think, yeah, it's, I just think it's really cool. <laughs> that is cool. I mean, yeah. cause it, it's, it's always funny when, yeah, one, one person, you know, it kind of, uh, becomes much more public, um, or, or known in the public eye. <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, I have a twin. <laughs> like you said, it, it gives you, it gives the audience an inside look into what your life is. And obviously having a twin is a part of that life. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of building you and your brand, uh, you are also partnered with Finice, who is your suit sponsor. Uh, what has that partnership been like so far? And how does it feel to have a suit deal? Um, you know, knowing that that is kind of the trademark of being a professional swimmer. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. I always like one. I think that was like as every summer's goal is to have a, a swimsuit deal. And um, I mean, fitness is great. They've just developed this new suit called the Hydro X, which I think is amazing. It's the best suit I've ever worn. So, uh, and I'm going very fast in it. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I love the brand in itself. It's not probably the biggest swim brand around, like Arena or Speedo, but it's definitely going to get there. And um, they are just, they, I mean, they make some pretty cool stuff in general. Like, they've got these smart goggles, which uh, are amazing. I like, uh, they can track your head position while you swim. So, like, I, I don't need to bring out a camera every time to look at my head position. I can just go straight on the app and it 3D maps my head of me moving like this when I'm breathing. And I just think it's unreal. And then, like, I don't know, some, they just have everything cool. They've got underwater earphones, which, you know, if you swim for 30 minutes, they're pretty cool. I haven't tried them out in a set, but I might because it sounds pretty fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so you've used the uh, Finesse goggles. I didn't. <clears throat> can you tell me a little bit more about? So you you said it. You use it for tracking head position. I didn't realize they did that. Can you can you use it to like track your time per lap or what other uses are there for them? So they can track your. They track. They give you your splits. They give you your overall time. Your stroke count. Give you a number of laps you've done, uh, and then and then that'll be like the on screen what you have in your goggle. And then when you take them off and put them in the app, it literally will give you the whole set you've done, like line by line, every meter you've done. And it's so accurate that I did a set. I Well, my challenge was to complete the largest amount of meters in a finish, go in the finish smart goggle. And I got, I think I got 11K in it. That's how many, I did 11K session. And uh, it was so accurate. I mean, I was it, I, exactly what I'd done. And I could see everything, even my head position. So pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty cool. That's awesome. 11K in the Finney Smart Goggles. That's the record. So, uh, so well, that's the record that I've already heard of. So <laughs> I beat it now, but I know. So yeah, it's like let's let's just put it out there. If you're gonna beat the record, you know, let email us at swim swam or DM us and let us know, hey. I did 11.50 or 12K <laughs> in the Finney Smart Goggles. Obviously, you'd have to wear the Finney Smart Goggles and track the whole practice so we have evidence on the app. But yeah. uh, you know what, listeners? If you're crazy enough to do it, let us know. <clears throat> but right now, Dan Whiffen is the world record holder, <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> um, speaking of world records, we, you talked about it earlier. I'm curious, 14310, that's been a legendary mark that Sun Yang swam in 2011. So quite a while ago. Um, oh, Olympics. Oh, yes. <laughs> I need to brush up on my distance history. He won his first world title in 2011. He set that world record in 2012. Or he set the current world record in 2012. So now that's 11 years old. What do you think it takes to drop four more seconds and to dip under that 1431 barrier? Because I feel like in a lot of races, it's like, okay, I'd split it this way. But it's like for you, you could split almost the exact same race and drop four seconds because yeah. it's such a long race. So 
what's is it a mental thing is it a physical thing where you have to train you know train for to to swim it a certain way but you know what does it take to drop i mean it's a it's a lot of time but for that race it's you know not 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 that much as as four seconds in like a 200 um well i've actually been asked this question three times i think this week uh, what is what does it take to drop to four seconds and i said I just need to swim again. Just give me that race again and I drop it. But um I don't I don't think you just need to drop four seconds. I think if I want to swim it again, I want to drop even more. You know, I mean I want to lower that mark to make sure nobody ever gets it. Um so I I mean as soon as I watched that race footage back with Andy, we were like, we pay, I mean I probably saw ten mistakes straight away in terms of breathing, head position double breaths i know double breaths are a big thing in distance swimming so i think song yang did it off every um of every turn and i think a lot of swimmers still do it but uh i only i think i did two in the whole race and it's about that alone if you're breathing double breathing you off the wall you're losing so much momentum so that could be four seconds uh just Point one faster on rotation speed could be four seconds. You know what I mean? It's just so it can come from anywhere, basically. It's a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> just need to swim it again. Uh, well, luckily, you got at least a couple more opportunities coming up soon with world championships. Do you have uh, scheduled competitions on the books between now and then? Yeah. So I'm going to the Adam PT International Meet and the Funny enough, the London Aquatic Center, where Sung Yang's found the record. <laughs> I don't think I'll be breaking the world record there, but you never know. I guess I will be rested. And then I'm going to the set of Collie meet uh, after that, uh, which hopefully I can race uh, Gregorio Paltineri, uh, which will be pretty cool. And then to world champs. So Sounds good. So basically like one meet per month until world champs. Yeah. Is, is the PD meet in May, I'm guessing? Yeah, it's a mayor. Okay, nice. So yeah, that's that's exciting. Uh, Dan, thank you again for taking the time to sit down and chat. It's always good talking to you. And congrats on the great swims. Uh, any any parting thoughts or anything we're missing before we sign off today? Uh, I don't think so. I feel like uh, everybody just you can watch my YouTube channel and I'll keep you up to date of what I'm doing every week, every Sunday. All right, you heard it here. Tune in every Sunday to Dan Whiffen's YouTube channel. What is your YouTube handle? I've got Whiffen it. Twins. Whiffen Twins. <laughs> Whiffen Twins. All right, so go search Whiffen Twins on YouTube. Subscribe to their YouTube channel. Every Sunday, they're putting out vlogs. And uh, Dan, it's always great having you in the pod, man. Thanks again. Thank you. You've been listening to the Swim Swam Podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam Podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.